You're probably going to hate us, but we're conservative Christian moms. We're here to empower other conservative Christian moms to speak up, say what's true, and defend their children's futures. I'm Amy Alexander, and I'm the often too serious mother of twins. As always, I'm joined by Nikki River. Hello. And Candy Rose. Hey, guys. And today we want to take the chance to address some really hard, difficult issues. We're going to have a really hard conversation. (laughs) And this is going to be a little bit on the heavier side. So if you have kiddos around, this may not be one to, to have playing when they're around. Keep this one for just for yourself. For anyone who has considered themselves a regular listener, you might have noticed that um, season two has been slow. We had a really large break. This is not a lack of desire. This is not just because we lost interest. It's actually because, and just for the record, like we have loved this podcast. <laughs> we love being here with you guys um, in spirit anyway. But uh, we mentioned in episode 27 that there was actually a tragedy that hit us really hard. And so um, I want to start by asking Candy Rose to share a little bit about that. All right, I'm going to do my best. I am naturally a crier, so we'll see how this goes. Okay, as you guys know, I'm the too honest mother of three. Um, This past August, we lost my oldest son, Malachi. He, he's, he was such an amazing, happy, go-lucky kid. (laughs) Um, He had a lot of friends. He had a lot of family. A lot of people loved him. This is something that came out of the blue. No one was expecting it. No one was looking for it. It was the first Sunday in August, and we had gone to church. I've heard stories from that day of how he was just worshiping so hard, and he was a leader in the youth group. I know he like loved being back there on a Sunday morning. We came home. I don't even remember what we did that afternoon. I'm sure it was really boring Sunday stuff. Um, I think I was on the worship team that morning. So usually when I come home, I'm pretty tired and I just take time to lay and relax. That evening, Malachi had gotten in trouble. Actually, all three of my kids had because they had been going over their screen limit time on their phones. And that's for any of you who have teenagers, it's a very, I would say, common occurrence. And there's lots of different ways parents handle that. We try to give them because Malachi, was 16 this summer. So we were trying to give him more freedom to make the choices. But then when he would go above it, way beyond the limit, we had to have these difficult conversations and often have a consequence. So the kids were upset and they each went to their respective rooms. And whenever they're upset, I try to give them just a few minutes to calm down and and then go check on them. So I uh, gave them a few minutes. And then when I went to go check on them, I found Malachi. He had hung himself in his closet. and. um he hadn't been there very long, so we got him down as quickly as we could. And Don gave him CPR, and we called 911 and got him to the hospital as fast as we could. We ended up being taken to a, a bigger hospital with more more resources, people that were just more uh, knowledgeable in that area. And they you know, hooked him up to all these machines, and we were there for well over a week, um, just waiting to see what would happen. And you know, we were praying constantly. <laughs> I, I, I had worship music on the entire week or nine days, whatever it was. But in the end, we had to, he had gone without oxygen for too long. So we had to make the difficult decision to um, donate his organs. And then we said goodbye. And it was off, of course. 
And I I wanted to do this podcast um, because I wanted to share and talk about Malachi. I think he deserves to be remembered and talked about. He was, Malachi was an amazing kid. He was so much more than this one choice, this one split decision, life-changing, horrible choice that he made. And I don't think any one of us want to be remembered for the worst choice of our life. So I wanted to have this podcast to talk about him. And I I really wanted to talk about suicide. I, I hate to say I didn't know a whole lot about it. It seemed to me like something that happened to people who were very isolated and lonely and sad. But now I know that um, right now it's the second leading cause of death in the United States between ages of 10 and 40. So I think it's something hard that we need to talk about. And then I also wanted to share because grief is something that I don't think we as Christians talk enough about. I actually was listening to a podcast just today that was saying one third of the Psalms are lament. But if you look at our worship songs... (laughs) Almost none of them are. In the church, we don't like to talk about it. We don't like to sing about it. We just don't know how to handle it very well. (laughs) So those are the big three reasons for me as Malachi's mom. I I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to do this podcast. I know it's going to be hard for me, but (laughs) I appreciate everyone's patience and walking through this with me. So, Well, we love you and we're really glad that we can sit here with you in it. That's that's part of lament, right? And that's part of what people haven't been very good at, just sitting with people in grief. Like you don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. You just, you just, you're present in it. Yes, I agree. I, oh gosh, reading the Bible has been, well, everything has changed. Every Everything in my life has changed, but reading the Bible has been so different. And what I think is interesting for anyone who's read the book of Job, his friends sat with him in silence I can't remember. Do you guys remember how many days they sat with him? A couple days, two, three days, something like that. I was going to say, I think it was three or four. They just sat with him for days. It was very long when they started talking. And then they started and then talking. Up. And, uh, you know, I, I think they were, you know, they were doing what they thought was their best, obviously. But, you know, at the end, God rebuked them. Like, they, he didn't say like, oh, you know, they had a point. God rebuked them. And he said, I will only forgive you when Job goes and offers sacrifices on your behalf. I think there's something to be said about, yes, just sitting with people. And Amy and Nikki have been a huge support. (laughs) So thank you both. Tell us about Malachi, because like you said, he's not just, he's not just this last act. Yeah. um, And you guys knew him. I know Nikki knew him, especially because our kids have been very close. So feel free to share. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He was, gosh, he was always such a happy kid. He was, as a baby and a little guy, he was so easygoing. I. For sure, <laughs> compared to Your all, easiest baby, yeah. <laughs> my easiest, yeah. No, no, you know, no. Uh, you hate to compare because they're all them. wonderful and beautiful, yeah. <laughs> but um, he was so easy, so good. I would have sh- people that I didn't know very well at church at the time come up to me and be like, "Oh my goodness, you do not understand how good he is," and you really don't because when he, it's your first, you don't have anything to compare it to. He was, he was a trick so baby. He was a trick baby. Yes. <laughs> He uh, he asked Jesus into his heart when he was pretty young. He was very like, he came across as a shy kid because he was very quiet. But as, as he got older, yeah, as he got older and older, I realized he's not shy. He's just taking in everything. 
And when he came to some sort of decision, it was like you couldn't change his mind. He was like, no, this is what it is. Arguing with him was super fun. (laughs) So (laughs) when he was young, I would say like five, around five years old, he asked Jesus to be in his heart. And then he really quickly wanted to be baptized. I think he was maybe six when he was baptized. Yeah, he was he was the youngest of all my kids. I love this. He was, yeah, sweet, sweet boy. And like I said, he had so many friends, like his whole life, so much family. He wasn't wasn't what I pictured it to be. Like he wasn't a sad kid who didn't, you know, who wasn't surrounded. He was he was very surrounded. You know, we are very involved in church and he loved church. He loved youth group. He loved going to youth conventions. My kids have all really enjoyed that. I think that's the shocking part about uh, suicide is that. Yeah. Like he didn't look like uh, he didn't look like what you would think. No. Um, yeah. Well, and yeah. not at all. I was just going to say, even at like his, you know, memorial service, celebration. celebration, whatever. And and other times we've gathered in memory of him. The amount of kids that said, well, I was his best friend. Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like every kid would come up to say something and they'd all say, well, well, um, he was my best friend, you know, and that was <laughs> Like so many kids have that story. Like he just was so, um, he was there. Like he was these kids' yeah. friends in a way that was so meaningful that they would all just say, well, he was my best friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, even I said that I was like, he's 16 and he would go, he like a couple times, a few times I took the kids to King's Dominion and he hated roller coasters. Yeah. Malachi yes. hated roller coasters. But he would come and I was like, okay. And he would just be sitting with me on the bench and like not playing on his phone, not looking around. So I was like, let me try to talk to him, I guess. <laughs> and he totally did talk to me like a peer. It was it was weird to me that he would open up and share stuff about his life and be candid. Yeah. And I I just remember being like, I think I've even told you that. <laughs> like I told you that in when yeah. that happened, I was like, Malachi told me about so-and-so he's <laughs> yeah. dating and he told me about this. Yeah. And just very open and very I, open. It was it was surprising, but yeah. I loved it. He 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 cared about people. He did. He was self confident. He was like, I always wanted to be the house where my teenagers would like to hang out, and um, so I tried to foster that environment. But also, it's really I am now realizing dependent on your kids. Malachi was the one that was always texting his friends and trying to make hangouts happen here. And now, Sela is in high school. My my middle. And she's just not like that. I'm always like, don't you want to invite someone over? Like, you have so many friends. And she's like, no, that's weird. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he was just... There's such different personalities. Such different personalities. So even if you have, like, a very welcoming home environment, it's really the personality. Like, Malachi was intentional and he was welcoming. And um, he didn't ever want someone to feel like they didn't belong, you know. So he was... I mean, he was just a great kid. I can like go on and on about all the stories. And I would say he was the most like me, (laughs) or at least that's how it felt. He loved superheroes his whole life. (laughs) He was a huge, huge comic (laughs) book nerd. He collected all the comic books. He loved video games too, you know, which I'm sure is such a boy thing. He and I both loved horror, (laughs) which... I know it's so funny. I know a lot of people don't like horror, but um, I actually was just talking to someone at church about this. I'm like, it's the thrill. It's like getting ready to go on a roller coaster. It's so thrilling. I I don't know why. I just really enjoy. And he would sit down with me anytime. And he was an actor. Oh yeah, and singer. Yeah. And I don't. I that he that he fostered in Luca. 
So like, I feel like that's something that's living on. Like Luca wasn't into all that stuff until Malachi (laughs) and, you know, and now he loves it. Like Luca literally didn't do it. And so I, every time Luca wants to like try singing and acting, it it makes me cry because I'm just like, oh my gosh. This is a little part of Malachi that Luca would not have been into. It truly is something that <laughs> I feel like he thought it was like a great yeah. thing. But then he had one of his best friends that, <laughs> that you know, again, everyone's their close friends. He had one of his close friends that it was OK to <laughs> act and sing. That's and hilarious. now Luca never stops. <laughs> and I always think of Malachi. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this was that was a Malachi thing. It really was like he never was into it That's before. Awesome. He used um, to sit and play piano all the time around the house, right? He did, yeah. Um, he could he played by ear, so <laughs> when he really got into a new song, and he was a constantly listening to music, a friend of mine was just reminding me that he wasn't like a huge beach guy, so whenever we went to the beach, he would just sit there and just like listen to his music because <laughs> he didn't he just didn't love it being on the beach. <laughs> but um, because that's funny. yeah, I was actually trying to find uh-huh. her pictures. I know I'm interrupting, but. I find pictures because we spent mm-hmm. a week in Myrtle yeah. together. <laughs> and there's no pictures of yeah, him from he's that not trip because he wouldn't go there. I will make him go sometimes for like a little bit and he will just sit there and read or listen to music. But yeah, he's such a music lover. And whenever he got really into a different, a new song new to him, um, he would like teach himself how to play on piano really very quickly and just play and play. And I loved it. He also sang a lot. So how has it affected your marriage? And, you know, parenting and life. How is it? I don't. How's it going? It's um, That's yeah. not a good question. I know. I try not to. No, ask. no, it's OK. <laughs> um, I will say again, I want to talk about this because I feel like people don't have good knowledge. I mean, before this, I can't think of anybody that I know personally that is lost in this way. So people don't know. Um, I think a lot of people have been like and it's a little awkward. People like to ask, like, how is your marriage? And I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> It's it's much like it was before, except obviously there's something really heavy and hard that we're learning to move through. Um, and so we're having to give each other lots of grace and space because, of course, we're moving through it differently. But, you know, we've been married for over 15 years. Um, so we have a good rhythm, I think, for handling each other. You know, when someone's having when one of us is having a particularly hard day or. Yeah, I would say. I think people are asking you that because statistically, when somebody loses a child this way, the divorce rates are really, really high. So I just want to say, like, this is a testimony. This is a testimony in itself to what Jesus is doing, his mercy over your marriage. And and I know there's been times where you're both of you are like, hey, we're good. We're going through grief, but we're good. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's the the worst thing I've ever had done. And probably will ever do but yeah i mean um you know we're still doing it and i actually it's funny that you mentioned the statistic nikki i actually have read and listened to several podcasts that say actually that's a misquote um a woman wrote a book out in like i believe it was the 70s and she made up a statistic saying something really high like 90 percent of marriages that have Lost she, a child that's what I read. and a divorce. And then someone actually went and did the research and she just like made up a very random. Are you kidding me? So I've heard a lot of parents say, actually, it's brought us closer together because, um, you know, no one knows your kids like you and your husband do. Like it's 
you know, there's intimate knowledge of being someone's parent, you know, yeah. parents. So just putting that out there. <laughs> It's a, a misquote. I'm really glad. And maybe that's something that people just perpetuate. Yeah. And that's probably why everyone yeah. asks, like, how are you? Sure. You know, like, that's crazy. And I know it is crazy. I'm sorry for misspeaking. No, no, this. you're totally fine. I honestly, Nikki, I think most people believe that. I also thought that was a thing until until I got thrown into this nightmare. And then I have to, you know, I've, I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of podcasts because I, I'm in the middle of this. And I, you know, I, I don't know what I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Just trying to do my best. Yeah. And what about in parenting? How has it changed your parenting? Has it changed your parenting? What- yeah. So I guess the best way to say it is, you know, everything that was normal before, it just, it will never be again. It's, you know, everything has changed. So, you know, we're still married. We're still in a marriage. We're still parents. We're still trying our very hardest to live. But it is, it's different it's, mm. I don't know. I don't even know how to say <laughs> it's hard to put into words. Honestly, things that used to feel very important seem less important in the, in the realms of parenting, mm. but it's also hard. It's, Do you have an example? I want to, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Like here's an example. The reason Malachi got in trouble that night was phone usage. And I still check, um, Josiah, my youngest just got a phone for Christmas. So now my my two sweet babies that I still have with me have phones and I still check their screen time, but it's less, we're, we're both a little less upset and hard on it where it's more like, hey, I noticed this day you went a little over. Will you please watch that and try to pull back? You know, it just, everything feels less important. Messes, uh, you know, things, just mm-hmm. day-to-day life things that feel like important sports you know school uh, all of it is it just makes you stop and go like how much of this actually matters i don't know you're like i would rather have the mess yeah i would rather have you know, anything you know, would rather have malachi and the mess yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i would give anything so. yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah so um before i ask you this next question one thing i just wanted that came to mind if you're listening and you either know someone in tragedy or you've always been the kind of person that like if you're in a friend group but you're not like best friends, what do you do when someone close to you has tragedy? And um a little bit before this, we had had an almost Nikki had had an almost tragedy in their family. Uh, ended up being like a, yeah. a phrase. Um and at that point we had decided we're just going to show up. We're not going to ask to show up. We're not going to ask how we can help. We're just going to do it. We'd rather be turned away at the door than be people who didn't end up showing up. And so that was a policy. I feel like the Lord, it's like our our little little pact. pact. And I feel like it was something the Lord was preparing. And so like I have learned, I'm always the person that steps away. (laughs) I've always been a person who says, they don't need me bugging them right now. They need space. How wrong was I? I now know, like, not that, not that, like, everyone and their mother needs to be the onlooker, but if you're in semi close proximity to someone in tragedy, like, and maybe Candace, correct, please correct us. Like, actually, that was the worst. No. But no, you're right. You're all right. No, but we, we were, were in close proximity. Let's put yes. a caveat on that. If you're somebody that talks at least once or twice a week, meets yeah. up as we yeah. were, yeah. are yeah. as we are. You know, if you're close with somebody, 
I think the, I mean, I'm going to let Candace speak, but for me, I, we made that pact. Let's show up. Like you said, no offense if somebody says I need, you know, I need space now, but we're going to show up. And I do see it as a miracle in hindsight that the order of the way things happened. So Um, if you're not sure what to do, just show up silently, (laughs) show up with a hug, be ready to sit awkwardly and quietly and um, also be ready to to be turned away. All of those things are normal. So what else, like, would you say, Candace, on the outside of grieving, what's your, what are the things? <laughs> oh, gosh, that was great, Amy. Um, yeah, just show up for sure. Um, it's, it's funny to see how people handle this sort of tragedy. And it's, um, it's a testimony to Malachi, how many people have been affected. I, you know, I would say, I don't know, hundreds, thousands, I don't know. It's been a huge circle. It's been affected, but some people don't want to press in. Some people are afraid to press in or like, like Amy was just saying, aren't sure like what to do. So I definitely say show up. (laughs) The worst thing that could happen, and it's not even that big a deal is you show up, you give them a hug and they're like, I need space. (laughs) Or you just feel that they need space um, and you give them space. Say, okay, came to give you a hug and I love you and I'm going to give you some space. Uh, I thought the meals were very helpful. We had. A lot of people bring meals. It's just hard to do very basic life things for a little while. We had people do everything for our other two kids because, like I said, we were in the hospital for over a week. I believe it was nine days. I'm pretty sure. Um, and you know, I didn't. I didn't want my younger two kids in the hospital all day every day. I I, I wasn't even sure I wanted them there at all. Like th- this is a nightmare. Um, one that I I don't. I don't want to be walking through much less. I don't, you know, they don't need to be. So we had lots of people parenting them, loving them, buying them what they needed, whether it was groceries, taking them to school, um, just doing everything, you know, the millions of things we do as moms, (laughs) other people did. And I I can't even say how grateful I am for that because I was, I feel like I was barely human um, during that time. I was just... Barely surviving is what I was doing. <laughs> so I feel like this is a plug for having a tribe. Like yeah. you, like because you were really plugged in with your home church, everyone stepped up. Somebody took the dog. Somebody yeah. fed the the snake. Somebody fed the, you know, thing. We got the school supplies. Like everyone stepped up. Yeah, and like you said, it was kind of amazing to see. Like a little beauty and horribleness. Yeah, no, it's true. And I will also say, I, I was, I've been, I've been trying to be vocal without being too, uh, whatever. It has helped me, and everyone grieves totally differently. Um, hearing memories. So, and I, but I, I was very bold in putting that out there. So people have, you know, written me emails, written me messages, sent me things. Like people know that that has been sweet for my heart, even if maybe. The grieving parents or grieving people don't want memories still just to reach out and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. You know, maybe you don't, you're not part of the close tribe. Like Amy and Nikki are, and uh, some others are in the close tribe, but let's say you're not in the close tribe, but you go to church with somebody. It's just nice to send a text and say, I am praying for you and I love you so much and I'm so sorry, you know? So yeah, that would be my advice. Do you like it when people ask you to tell them about Malachi? Like, has there ever been a time when I someone do. said, tell me about Malachi, and you were like, not right now? Like, has that ever been an annoying question? No, honestly, not at all. And um, 
I, I've been listening to this podcast. We went away to a weekend, which was great. And this organization does a podcast once a week and it's, they're called while we're waiting. And I think we'll link it to the show notes. Amazing, amazing organization. It's for bereaved parents. So parents who've lost in all sorts of ways, but I've learned a lot just in listening to other parents who've lost, like I said, all sorts of ways. Pretty much every parent has said, I, I like talking about them. I want to talk about them, you know, to pretend to not talk about it is almost to pretend that it didn't happen, I guess, maybe. I don't know. So, yes, I, I like talking. <laughs> yeah. So, like, do, is that kind of like advice for people in the middle, like in the middle of this, like people in the middle of what you're going through? What would you say? As, I mean, I know it's still pretty fresh, yeah. but I and I know people keep telling you you're doing so great and you're like, I'm not doing great. But just as far as like pressing into the Lord, like what would you say for somebody that's facing the unimaginable? Gosh, if you are facing something like this, I'm so sorry. Um, I have a new, a newfound respect for people who are going through grief. I know I had a, people who had also been through grief reach out to me and say, keep the worship music going. And most all day, every day for a long time was just me listening to worship music for I don't know, a few weeks. There's intimacy in worship. Um, and the words are good. You know, a lot of times most worship songs are Bible, like it's biblical scripture that we've put to music. So if you're going through a horrible, horrible time, I would encourage you turn on the worship music and open your Bible. <laughs> and, um, I, I walk and pray a lot. The movement helps me think and process and prayer is helpful and it's good. I, I think it's important to say out loud, like, God, why did you do this? I I hate this. You know, to be able to be honest because he he can handle it. He wants our honesty. I think it's important to be able to do that. So I know it's super basic Christian fundamentals, but pray, read your Bible, worship, those those three things I can't even say are I would say the only things. Okay. This sounds really like macabre, but like Malachi would have loved it. Um Candace made a death playlist. I did. <laughs> and it's all worship music, but it's like, it's the kind of worship music that you need in times yeah. of lament. I wonder if we could, I wonder if we could share it or oh, make a maybe. list so that people can, because I think it would be such a, a helpful resource for other Christians who might be in the middle of it. Look up mm-hmm. this, this playlist. I've listened to it. I'll see if we can make a Spotify playlist. Oh yeah. Cause that's like a more right. universal way of sharing. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's we're gonna work on that because her her playlist it is full of biblical truth. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I I love that you did that. I just think it. I thought it was fun. I know Malachi would have laughed. <laughs> oh, mom. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you're, he you're probably would have loved it because he was so crazy about music. <laughs> he would have loved the other it. thing too. He loved it. That I think maybe was helpful. Um, at least like on this side of it was. You know, when you're when you're checking in on someone like multiple times a day and you don't know what to say, like, what else do you say? Mm -hmm. Sending scripture or like a link to a song like those are ways that you can like have a touch point without knowing what to say anymore. And I think, Candice, you found that encouraging. Maybe. No, I definitely did. It was a huge blessing. I didn't know what to say. And often that's all I did. (laughs) I would just send a song. I would send a scripture. And I feel like. Biblically, that's the right thing to do. Job's friends, they were doing right when they were silent. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's hard. I Yeah, it's no, this is all good stuff. So there's like a great divide, Candice, kind of like, like life before and life now. I don't know if you want to share about that or. Yeah. Um, it's hard. Again, I feel like I've said this so many times. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so repetitive. It's hard to describe okay. to other people the the pain, the the loss, and how heavy it is. It's hard to explain to people the me who was before. I I, I can never be that me again. And I know <laughs> from the outside looking in, I've had friends tell me, and maybe Amy and Nikki would say the same. Like you're still you, and I'm like, yeah. Um, but also everything has changed. I can never feel the way I did before. I can never process things the same way. I can never in my in myself, I can never be the same. It's like I was blissfully unaware and then everything changed. I I will say I think one of the biggest things is that I'm I'm so desperate for God like I never was before. And I actually treasure that. I would give anything to have Malachi back. But I don't regret where I've come with him through this because there's something intangible about being so, so desperate for the Lord. And you guys know he's so good and he's so faithful. When you're in unspeakable desperation, unspeakable pain, he's so close. He's so real. It's hard, again, to describe, but I've, I've learned that God, God is real. He's still good. He's sovereign. And I, I do trust him. I know he can handle my hard questions and my hard thoughts. Even just today in my Bible time and my prayer time, I was like, God, this feels mean. It feels like in this story, you are a mean God. And I felt like I could say that. Like I <laughs> I don't think he's gonna hit me with a lightning bolt because I I need to wrestle with him and say, I, I don't I don't understand this. Please help me, you know? And he will. He's just good. <laughs> I feel like there's so much more to talk about. So I wonder if we're going to have a part two, but I wonder if you could share some of the, some of the Bible verses. What is, what has been your anchor? I know that the Lord has been your anchor, but <laughs> yes, I definitely would say let's do a part two. We can talk more about the suicide statistics and issues revolving around that. Cause it's a huge guys. It's huge. And it's so sad and so scary that it's so huge. But yeah, I would love to encourage anyone who's going through grief, just some things that have helped me. Um, again, I have a huge, huge worship playlist, and I have one that's specifically called Dying. And what I meant when I wrote Dying was that I felt like I was dying. As I had to say goodbye to my first my first baby, it felt like I was dying. So, so I created a playlist called Dying, and we'll put that, we'll link that, connect it if you guys want to hear it. But some, just a few of the really amazing worship songs that have helped me is Though You Slay Me by Shaded Shade. Stephanie, I don't know how to say her last name. Gretzinger? Is that, Gretzinger? Is that right? Gretzinger. She, I think so. Stephanie Gretzinger. She has a whole album called Blackout. And like literally most of those songs, I think she must have been writing out of great grief because they all just hit me right where I was. But I think my favorite one is All That Lives Forever. Mm. Joy in the Morning by Torn Wells and Elevation Worship has been super encouraging to me. Keep My Eyes Up by House Fires and Ryan Ellis. And um, 
Oh my gosh, Maverick City, I have always loved, but a lot of their songs have just been so, so, so encouraging. If you don't listen to Maverick City music, I highly recommend. (laughs) And then I have so many scriptures too, and I don't want to just read and read and read all these scriptures. So I'll try to just pick maybe like two. (laughs) We love it. it. (laughs) Um, So uh, Zechariah 4, 6, then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's been a great reminder for me because I I can't do this. <laughs> you know, when people say, I don't know how you're doing this. And I'm also like, yeah, I also don't know how I'm doing this. I cannot do this. Um, it's only by his might and power, by his spirit that I'm still functioning. <laughs> Lamentations 3, 19 through 24. So bear with me. This is a little bit longer. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. I feel like that just sums up all my feelings so well. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. I, like I said, I could good. go on and on with the worship and the scripture, but I, <laughs> I won't. So <laughs> we'll link them. But I, I just wanted to say before we end that if you or a loved one are struggling with thoughts of suicide, help is available. So please make sure you speak with somebody. I didn't know about this, but please call 988. Um, it's a suicide hotline. There's always somebody there or even a crisis lifeline. There's always somebody there who is immediately going to pick up the phone. Don't hesitate. Talk to somebody, anybody. Yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. I mean, I know we're going to continue on the conversation next time and just kind of get into more of more of that side of things. But I'm so glad that we got to talk about Malachi and hear about him. Yeah. And thank um, you. Guys. We love you, friend. You're so brave. Thank you for sharing, Candace. Thank you for opening up a vulnerable piece of you to whoever's willing to listen. There's such a testimony in in your words and in the way that you're walking this. And it has deeply ministered to me to watch the way that you're grieving, to watch the way that you have leaned in instead of out, you know, like leaning in to the Lord has, has uh, yeah, has <laughs> yeah. been like... True, like miraculous is really it's humbling it's humbling and it's miraculous to watch because i don't know <laughs> i don't know i it, it is so thank i agree you, thank you for I, um yeah she just she has leaned in all the way and i feel like it's easy for in tragedy to be like where are you god you left me you forsook me yeah and candace has day in and day out hit her knees and said you are still good god yeah and it has taught us that he is good in all things all the time. Thank you. So. Thank you guys. You know, I I was desperate to see a miracle and I still know today he was able. He was more than able, but it comes down to trusting him and I do. I have to. He either is who he says he is and everything that we know in the word is true or none of it's true. But I don't I that's not that's not true. <laughs> The truth is he is real and the Bible is real. So I have to trust him. I have to love him. Thanks, guys. We love you. We love you. I love you too. 
more to come guys and i have no doubt that after this you will not hate us you will just (laughs) love us you just have to (laughs) see you guys see you guys next time